It was a beautiful day in Yosemite National Park. The sun was shining and the birds were singing. As I walked through the park, I couldn't help but feel a sense of peace and tranquility. I was the only one there, as it was a holiday, and most people were at home with their families. I was a park ranger, and my name is Jenny. My job was to make sure that everything was in order and that no one was in danger. As I walked through the park, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. It was as if something was watching me, following my every move. I shrugged it off, telling myself that it was just my imagination. But the feeling persisted, and I found myself looking over my shoulder more and more often. I decided to take a break and sit down on a nearby rock. As I sat there, I heard a rustling in the bushes behind me. I turned around, but there was nothing there. I told myself that it was probably just a small animal, but I couldn't shake the feeling that something was not right. I decided to continue my patrol, but now I was on high alert. I was constantly scanning the area, looking for any signs of danger. I came across a small cave and decided to take a look inside. As I walked in, I was hit with a strong, musty smell. I couldn't see much in the darkness, but I could hear something moving around in the back of the cave. I slowly made my way deeper into the cave, my heart pounding in my chest. As I reached the back of the cave, I saw a figure standing there. It was tall and thin, with long, scraggly hair. Its eyes were black and empty, and its skin was a sickly pale color. I froze, unable to move or speak. The figure lunged at me, and I stumbled backward, falling to the ground. I scrambled to my feet and ran out of the cave as fast as I could. I didn't stop running until I was back at the ranger station. I reported what had happened to my superiors, but they didn't believe me. They said that it was probably just my imagination, and that I had let my fear get the best of me. But I knew what I had seen, and I couldn't shake the feeling that something was still out there, watching me. I continued to work in the park, but I never went into that cave again. I never saw the figure again, but I always felt as if it was watching me waiting for the right moment to strike. I couldn't shake the feeling of unease and fear, and eventually I had to leave my job as a park ranger. Years have passed, and I never talked about it again, but the memory of that day still haunts me. I still have nightmares about that figure and the cave. I still can't explain what I saw that day, but I know that it was real, and it was something that I will never forget. I was born and raised near Appalachia. My family lives in a house in the woods. We moved here from another part of the same town when I was 14. I am now 27. There's large sections that are semi-wild in our neighborhood, but the houses aren't really that far apart. To the southwest of us, a five-minute walk down the street, is a big, for this part of Long Island, section of woods that is full of nature trails. It's also got a municipal dumping ground for roadkill, mostly deer, which is basically just a clearing with a few sandpits and tons of half-buried carcasses in various stages of rot. The woods trails are a couple miles across, I think. Yeah, if you follow the trails from my neighborhood all the way across, you come out on a gravel road that gives access to the dumping ground. The gravel road leads to an intersection right next to the middle school. About a year ago, my friend Ethan was visiting me, and we decided to go for round on the trails in the woods, since it was a really pretty day and kind of warm. 
I'd been really drawn to those woods that autumn, and had been spending most of my free time walking around in there by myself. For the first time in my life, I had spent a fair amount of time in there as a teenager, but back then I had never gone alone. So anyway, we head out around early afternoon. Ethan and I spent the afternoon wandering through the trails. Eventually, we came out on the gravel access road, then the real road, and headed over to the middle school to climb on the jungle gyms and swing on the swings. It was Saturday, so no one was there, and we didn't give a fennyway. By this point, it was definitely later in the afternoon. I was starting to watch the time sunlight because I didn't want to be caught going back through the woods when the sun went down. After hanging out in the playground for what must have been over an hour and a half, I look and realize the sun is definitely going down, and it's much later than I meant us to stay. I tell Eve and we have to leave now, and so we walk back over to the road. Having grown up in a semi-rural area, I've spent enough time in wildish places to know that they can be creepy as f at night, even if you don't believe in paranormal stuff. In my neighborhood, there's also a lot of weird, sometimes vaguely threatening people. When my sister and I were teenagers, there was someone who for years would come look in our windows at night. We'd find the fingerprints in the dust outside every morning. So it had been drilled into me from an early age that, if nothing else... People with probably bad intent could sometimes be found in the woods, and it was best to be cautious. My friend Ethan, on the other hand, had grown up in a suburb right outside New York City and had never really done a lot of camping or outdoorsy stuff. He had never been taught that going into the woods at night could lead to unpleasant or scary or threatening situations. So we get to the road and the sun is going down fast. We could either go home through the woods, which was more of a straight shot, and probably quicker, or we could walk on the side of what is basically a poorly lit two-lane highway with almost no shoulder, through semi-residential areas. I asked Ethan what he preferred to do, since he wasn't familiar with the area, and was also my guest. He said he'd rather go home through the woods and not be next to cars driving very fast. I also preferred to not be near cars, and looking at the sky and the time, I thought we could just about make it out near my house by the time the sun went down. However, I was still a bit apprehensive, so we start walking on the gravel access road. We're not that far in, maybe a few minutes, when we hear crashing through the trees ahead and to the left. We're a little startled, but I said something out loud about it, probably being a deer. As the gray shape approaches the road, I can feel the faint vibrations of what sounds like hooves on the ground. It gets to the center of the road and stops. It's maybe twenty-five yards ahead of us. Everything was turning tricky gray and green, because the light is fading fast. But I can see enough to see the shape of a deer. I can just barely see its light brown color. It has a fairly large set of antlers. It's just standing there in the road. Ethan and I are just standing still looking at it. And then... It stands up on its hind legs with its front legs at its sides, like arms. Then, like a cell dividing, in a gray, blobbly way. This is the only way I can think to explain what it looked like. There were two deer standing on their hind legs back to back, still connected. Then they sort of folded down to all fours again, still connected. Then I think they ran off the road as one. But at that point, even more light was gone, so I am honestly not sure. I do remember only hearing one thing running away. I asked Ethan if he had seen it, and he said yes, 
I asked him if he saw it change and stand up, and he said yes. Strangely enough, neither of us felt fear before, during, or after. I never once felt threatened, although I was certainly startled by what I saw, and it definitely felt weird. We started walking again, and although I didn't feel like we were in danger, we walked much more quickly than before. I was now entirely focused on getting us out of the woods as fast as possible. We got to the end of the access road, which was also the top of a hill. And then we started down the other side of the hill, and that's when I fully realized my mistake. I had seriously misjudged how much daylight we had left. We were going to have to walk back through all those trails in darkness. I'm only mentioning this because there's one more part to this that I didn't think to connect until recently. On the walk back, I was navigating in almost complete blackness. I have pretty good night vision, and I'd gotten really familiar with the trails in the previous month, so I wasn't worried. I was also making fun of Ethan for not having the sense to know that going in the woods at night is probably a dumb idea. At one point, when we were close to my neighborhood, but still a fair distance back in the woods, I had to stop and be silent, and the woods were completely silent. I was so proud of myself for getting us back without a flashlight that it didn't register with me that a completely silent woods is unusual, and probably a bad sign. So anyway, that's my story. I'm aware that, in the event it is real, it's probably more likely to be a flesh gate. However, I do live near a reservation, so I decided not to rule that out. The key things that are missing are the voice mimicry, and the sense of absolutely being in danger. While it felt weird, and I decided to get the F out as fast as possible afterwards, I never felt threatened by the thing directly. I've had other experiences in those same woods where I felt like I was in intense danger for almost no discernible reason, and had to leave immediately. But I didn't feel at that time. Again, I'm also aware that this might just be a fup-shared hallucination. If it doesn't belong here, please tell me, and I'll delete it, or move it. I've had the opportunity to tell this story a couple of times, but it still weirds me out with each retelling. Set up, back in the summer of 2010, I stalled my horse at a public boarding facility, meaning that many people would come and go at all hours of the day. Being that it was summer in the south, I would typically come late in the evening, 8 p.m., to train after it cooled off. As this was a barn, there were always barn cats, everywhere. People would drop off unwanted kittens. Mama cats would have kittens in the spring. You get it. About a week before the event I witnessed, I was told about how a barn hand's new dog, Australian Shepherd, I think, on the premises would pick up the kittens by the scruff of their neck, walk them over to the horse watering trough, get in the trough, dunk his head under the water, and hold his breath until the kitten drowned. Not typical dog behavior at all. Event. Around 10.30 one night, I was there alone getting everything put up and getting ready to leave when I heard what sounded like palms and bare feet slapping concrete at a very brisk pace coming in my direction. Very different from the sound animals with non-retractable claws make on concrete. So I turned to face the noise and out of the corner of my eye, I see what could most easily be described as a creature that looked like Gollum from low TR but with more backbone and ribs showing running on all fours. His ribs could be counted, and the abdomen was so sunken and malnourished that it was basically just ribcage, 
stomach cavity slightly wider than the spine, and hip bones. As I turned the rest of the way to face it, it became that dog. At this point, I'm like with, so I look at him and say, I don't know what you are, but you better stay looking like a dog or we're going to have a problem. Like I could do shit. After I said that, I kid you not, this dog cocked his head to the side and smiled at me. I noped the F out as fast as I could. I never ended up seeing that dog again since three days after the incident he apparently ran away, and no one knew where he went. Second story. This story fits Fleshgate activities a bit more. Set up. I lived in a townhouse that sat in front of a good bit of forested area where my two cats liked to go do cat stuff. We somehow developed a system where I could whistle for them and wherever they were, they'd come running. Event. This went on nearly every evening around sunset for two years. Three months ago, however, I went out behind the house later than normal. Tennis to the tree line whistled and turned around to walk back to the door, and I hear my whistle back. The same tune and the same weird way I whistle. Think one of those water whistles? At this point, the feeling of dread just settles in my stomach and I hurry inside. Cats turned up about five men later, by the way. I brush it off as maybe someone out in the woods messing with me and continue with life. Then, about a month later, I go out and call for them, and my whistle once again meets me from the trees. I think I said something like stop that out loud and hustled back inside. And until we moved about a month after that occurrence... I had this feeling and image in my head of some dark figure trying to rush the front door every time I would close it. So I would lock deadbolt super fast and check the peephole. It got to where the feeling was intense enough. I salted the threshold and drew a sigil on the door. Since moving everything has been chill until I discovered this subreddit and found out what those things were, now I'm a bit spooked again. I used to fish at Great Bear for catfish late at night. I had a hunting dog that was part wolf. He was well trained. I lived in the woods after my divorce. I pulled up in my truck and let the dog out. Lit one lantern. Took my shotgun out. Always did that. Noticed the dog in the shadows. He was looking, but he never barked. My dog was fearless. He would bring back coons, muskrats. I let him hunt on his own. I heard a loud crack. I look. My dog was growling. I heard another loud crack. My dog was now backing up, showing his teeth. Never did he act like this. I got scared. I never get scared. I am a fighter with a reputation. What I saw blew my mind and scared the S out of me. This thing was on all fours with ears. I think it stood up part way and went back down. They I am a hunter. This was no bear ears pointed. This was around 2 a.m. It never moved. My dog just kept showing his teeth and growling. In my mind, I'm thinking, what the fuff? I think it turned its head. This thing was jet black. My dog had been around bear. Never did he act like this. It seemed to be moving, but not turning and walking back, it backed up. This was not real in my mind. Partly standing up again, I think. I had this feeling of peace, along with I'm scared out of my mind. It was beautiful, but dangerous. I had a feeling this thing wanted to get to know me. I would love to see this again. No doubt it could kill me if it wanted to.
but it would bring too much action to itself. They are real. We had been riding wheelers all over getting muddy, wet, and generally being reckless and having a great time. I was riding behind two other riders and saw the track just before the rider in front of me ran it over. The trail we were on hadn't been ridden on recently. The heavy rains made the trail bare of any wheeler tracks, so the track was easy for me to spot. We rode all over above where we saw the track before seeing it. After exploring every trail above it, we came back down, and that's when I saw it. The trail must have been made recently. In my opinion, it had walked up the hill, then ran back down after we explored all the trails above trying to avoid contact with us. The reason I make this speculation is because as we rode back down the hill and through the trails below, I swore I saw something standing upright on a trail about two hundred yards to the west of us. That would mean that it likely traveled in a straight line almost due north. I was riding fairly fast and only caught a glimpse of something my mind may have been filling in the blanks for me. I was riding in the passenger seat of my family's RV after eating dinner at the Timberline Lodge. As we drove down the road leading back to the government camp area, I looked out the window to see a tall, dark figure walking away from the road into the deep woods. There was no sign of clothing on the dark figure, but the sun had not set, and it was still sufficiently bright enough to see the creature. He was moving between two cabins set wide apart in extremely thick brush that a person would have trouble getting through and would also have no reason to be there, as I think the cabins were abandoned. There was medium traffic on the road, so that's why the figure was probably retreating. My heart leaped when I saw it. I begged to turn back, but my family didn't see it and wouldn't take me seriously. I was around nine years old or so and was at my mom's friend's house because they were having a little get-together. My mom's best friend at the time decided to go get something, which was at a house nearby, down a dirt road in the woods. My mom's friend decided to take my friend and me with her. I wish I had never gone with her. We rode with her over there and when she got out. My friend and I stayed in her car and waited for her to come back. After sitting in her car for ten minutes, we decided to get out to see what was taking her so long. When we did that, she told us to get back in the car, so we did. As it turned out, she was buying weed, so we weren't welcome in the house. So my buddy and I got back in her car and waited for her to come out. They had a lot of bulldogs at that property. The dogs had all been barking like crazy and then just stopped all at once and went into their dog houses. That's when my friend and I saw this thing that looked like some kind of werewolf coming from behind the car. We froze and just stared at it as it walked by. Wow! It looked so demonic. When we saw it, we ducked down and laid on the floorboards. We laid there for what seemed like forever until we heard my mom's friend hitting on the driver's window trying to get us to let her in. I guess it left when it heard her come out of the house or something. My son came across this creature by chance this morning while listening to stories on his phone. He was taken aback when he heard the town of Madera, Pennsylvania. Clearfield County mentioned because I also had grown up in Madera. I'd never really heard any serious stories about strange things in the woods, and we were always in those woods. It was truly creepy at night, though. 
None of us ventured into the woods at night, and it always felt like something was out there watching. We usually didn't go anywhere alone, not even to the neighbors' houses. It was kind of an unspoken understanding. I had eventually married and moved to another part of the state, and my sons were grown. My sons also loved Madeira and roaming the woods there. We visited often. My youngest son and I had planned to drive up to visit my sister and her family who had remained living in Madeira. It's a quiet, beautiful little town where everyone knows everyone, and neighbors help neighbors. Our encounter. My son and I were near home when we saw it crossing the road. It was huge. It had a massive dog-like head, and my son swears it looked like it had a lion's mane. The shoulders were very large and muscular, and the back end was almost deer-like. It looked like it had dark fur, but darker fur in places that resembled kind of stripes or large spots. It also had a very long tail. My son and I disagree on a few details, but the size, head, tail, and black patches we both agree on. Neither of us had ever seen anything like it before or since. We got to the spot where we'd seen it, and it was long gone. I swear it crossed that road in one giant leap and was halfway up the embankment when it hit the ground running. When we got to my sister's house, we told them what we had seen, and of course, they didn't believe us. They said it was probably a big dog or a bear. We know what we saw, and we still don't know what it was. But it's not something we'll ever forget. That was in 2017. Now we keep our eyes open every time we go back home. It wasn't a dog, man but it was some kind of beast, and it ran on all fours. I often wonder how many other people have seen it. This incident from 1917 happened to my paternal grandmother and members of her family. She was 18 at the time, and the family lived somewhere near the Sulphur River bottom in East Texas, southwest of Texarkana. Based on my recollection of what had been told to me over the years, she died in 1975. Most of my grandmother's family lived in and around the Atlanta Queen City area south of the Sulphur River. At the time in question, she and her immediate family were living in a farmhouse somewhere west of Queen City and south of the Sulphur River, where Lake Wright Patman is today. Her family apparently moved around quite a bit in that area, and it's hard to pinpoint the exact location of this farmhouse. My grandmother was always referring to Knight's Bluff in her many stories. I'm not exactly sure of the location of Knight's Bluff. I believe it doesn't exist anymore, a site possibly submerged by the lake. In that, in my lifetime, I've never heard of it, except in the references of my grandmother and father. I remember my grandmother telling how they, mother, father, and some combination of her many brothers and sisters, were coming home from town on a bright moonlit night in summer. And on one occasion, I recall she specifically mentioned Knight's Bluff as being that town. And since they were riding in a mule-drawn wagon, I suspect they were somewhere within 8 to 12 miles from Knight's Bluff, wherever that was. She said they turned into the lane leading to the house. One detail I seem to recall is that she referred to the pasture to their right as the East Pasture, implying the lane leading north to the farmhouse. According to her, the first indication that there was a problem was that the mules were acting up. She said her father said something about a snake. Then they heard something. I honestly don't recall her exact words, screaming, squalling, a high-pitched eerie wail, my words. The moon was high, 
and the night was flooded with bright moonlight. The tree line beyond the east pasture, where the sounds were coming from, was very black in contrast. She said they watched as a tall figure came out of the trees and stood full in the moonlight. It was as tall or taller as a man and covered with long, dark hair. I do remember that my grandmother said it stood absolute erect and walked slowly toward them like a man, not slouching like an ape. All the time it was howling and shrieking and motioning angrily at them. Her father fired a shot at this thing, and it turned and ran back into the woods. Getting to the house, my grandmother said the dogs were all cowed under the porch. They barricaded the doors and spent a fearful, though uneventful, night. The next day, and several days thereafter, her father, brothers, and neighbors ranged through the woods looking for any sign of this thing, blood, fur, tracks, but nothing was ever found. This is probably the most interesting of the old tales my grandmother and father told me over the years, in that it was the only story in which a creature of this type was seen clearly. When I was around ten or twelve, roughly twelve years ago, me and my grandma and uncle went to Jasper in Canada, given how I was born in Canada itself. Nothing weirded me out when it came to the woods and nature as a whole. I've seen and heard deer before, and the whole slew of animals. I don't remember much from the trip other than a bits and pieces. But what I do remember was arriving at the hotel and climbing up the steps to the second floor. The hotel had a parking lot in front before the road. I remember waking up one morning in the hotel while my grandma and uncle were still asleep and walking over to the window to peer out from behind the blinds to see a fox standing in the middle of a road. It looked like it had been run over given how oddly it was shaped. Concerned for its safety, I wanted to wake up my grandma or simply run out there to check on it. I felt my stomach sink when it turned to face at me. Its head looked bruised and misshapen, which I would have ruled out as it having been run over had it not stood on its hind legs. I turned my head away from the window and yelled for my grandma to wake up, who slept in her bed just a couple feet away, before I looked back and saw it walk on those hind legs to the side, where the building hid my view from the rest of the road. I looked completely insane when my grandma moved me aside and saw nothing on the road even going as far as to open the door and peer down both ends of the walkway. Nothing. Regardless, I can say with confidence I'm not going back to Jasper. When I was about ten, my family wanted to drive cross-country through the southwest, visiting places throughout Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. We stopped for the night at a cheap cabin, I don't remember the exact location, but I remember it being somewhere between Alamogordo and Roswell. The area around it was very densely wooded, and it was about twenty minutes from a small gas station where we got food for the night. It was a two-bedroom cabin with a living room, and my parents took the big room. My younger sister got the other bedroom, and I was on the pull-out couch. The couch was placed directly next to a large window, looking out at a creek leading into the woods. Day went by, and everyone went to sleep. I woke up around two in the morning to a knocking on the window. I was facing away from it, and was too scared shitless to turn around. It wasn't a random knocking, either. It was rhythmic, like a waltz with long pauses. One, two, three. One, two, three. Too terrified to move, I lied there, trying not to make noise. 
until whatever was out there started to make a quiet, shrill, high-pitched whistle. When I heard that, I started screaming for my father, and the knocking abruptly stopped, and my dad ran into the room. He's not a superstitious man, and says to this day that he didn't see anything, but according to him, the sense of malaise that hit him was unlike anything he ever felt before. He got my sister, and we all slept together in the big bedroom. The next day, I looked at the ground outside the window, and saw large deer tracks leading directly up to it. We have did similar trips until I moved out, but my dad refused to go back to that area. So this is a story from my brother. As such, I have no way of validating that this happened at all except one part that I'll get to later. So back in 2015, my brother worked for a security guard hiring place. Not exactly sure what to call it. Basically, he'd call and they'd station him someplace or another that needed it. So this particular time, my brother got hired by the local cemetery. They'd had issues with kids sneaking in at night and messing things up and at one point... They even broke a couple graves. Anyways, his job was just to drive around the cemetery and make sure no one was messing around. This area was pretty rural and at the time had a pretty bad stray dog problem. Dogs would get lost or people would drop them and they'd form packs and roam the countryside. On this particular night, my brother was at the cemetery and noticed a pretty big pack of dogs, about eight or so just wandering around and playing. There was a big Rottweiler, important later, a couple of mixed-breed dogs, and even a little bison fries that was clearly someone's pet at some point, because it still had a harness on. Also important later. So my brother was doing his rounds, which, like I said, was basically to drive from one end of the cemetery to the other, with a spotlight, and make sure no kids were breaking things or banging in one of the mausoleums or something. He's driving real slow and has the window down, his arm out the window with the spotlight, and it's pitch black at this point. Suddenly he hears the dogs going crazy, and then he hears what he best described as a sound that sounded like that screaming bird from the Swamp episode of Avatar, the last airbender cartoon, but deeper and more human, with a rattling sound mixed in kind like a rattling snake's rattle. The dogs go silent before starting back up barking and snarling a few minutes later. Then something fast and pale runs in front of his headlights with the eight dogs in pursuit, barking and snarling. So he decides to follow the dogs in fear that they're getting ready to tear someone's pet to pieces. He parks his car, gets out with his spotlight, then follows the sound of barking before he hears that scream again and swears that he heard a faint help, mixed in with the weird screech and rattling. He gets to where the dogs are going, nuts, and shines his light at the spot, and is surprised to see that the dogs have a deer backed up against the wall of a mausoleum. He said that this deer was a pale gray color. It was skinny and emaciated, and then he shines the light on its eyes. They're black, he says, but no light reflects from them, and no shine either. They look like the eyes of something dead. He is understandably confused and he's standing there, a few yards away from a pack of angry, snarling dogs that haven't even registered that he's there. The dogs have this deer, surrounded, and are taking turned, nipping at his hind end and legs. But my brother notices that every time they do, they recoil and sort of gag, as if the taste is appalling to them. My brother then hears a deep growling from behind him, and this big rotwheeler bowls past him, launches itself at this deer 
grabs its hind leg and with a mighty shake, knocks the thing over and just starts wailing on it, and then he says the deer. Let's out that screech again. It then takes its hoof and swipes. Yes, he said, swipes at the dog. The dog lets go, and the thing takes off. Dog's hard on its heels. He never did guard work at that cemetery again, but he did go back a few days later and managed to get the little bicon fries to come to him. He's had that dog for the last five years.